had this weird in-joke about meerkats. I can't even remember what it was. Don't judge me. I see your eyes. Um, we had this weird in-joke about meerkats. And I have a tendency to take jokes a little bit too far. Um, it happens sometimes. And uh, I was like, I'm going to buy her like a figure of like a meerkat because that will be funny. And so I went online and little did I realize that the, the meerkat ornament world is actually thriving. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot out there. There's a little bit too much out there. So I found one that I thought looked good, looked cheap, looked quality, looked cheap. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to buy that one. So I bought it, didn't think much of it, sent it to her and thought, this is going to be great. And the meerkat arrives, she unwraps it, and it's a little bit like past the parcel watching her open it. And the package gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And I'm like, what's going on? Until she gets this tiny little thing at the bottom and picks it up. And it's a 1.5 inch meerkat. And I'm like, that is not what I set my heart on. I didn't realize that the measurement said on the website 1.5 inches. I was expecting this big thing to arrive. I'd set my heart on something and it didn't end up how... I wanted it. Have you ever set your heart on something that you, you really wish that you, you hadn't? I had it once when I was younger. I walked into my parents' bedroom. Don't worry, it's not going there. This is a different kind of story. Um, don't judge. So I walked into my parents' bedroom and I saw on their bed, it's okay, a dartboard. And it, Christmas was coming and I was like, I'm getting a dartboard. You know when you just like, you get carried away straight away? I was like, I'm getting a dartboard. But then I was like, oh, I've seen my present. But I was like, who cares? Getting a dartboard. Um, maths isn't my strong point, so I'd need Matt at the back there to be helping me out with the calculations with the darts. But I was thinking, this is awesome. And I'd set my heart on getting a dartboard. This was awesome. And um, Christmas came. I'm looking at the packages. I'm kind of like sizing them all up. And I'm opening them. Uh, no dartboard. And I'm like where's the dartboard? Like, I saw the dartboard. Like, that was, what's going on? We went round and Christmas moved on and we went to see some family. We went up to Stoke to see some family and we shared some presents with them. And my cousin opens a present from my mum and dad. And there's my dartboard. I didn't realize that the dartboard wasn't for me. But you know when you've set your heart on it, it's like, that's what I'm going to have. That's what it's going to be. And then it ends up something else. It's a little bit like going to the shops, expecting to buy an iPhone and coming out with something Android. It's a little bit, oh, a little bit of a crowd split of that one. But you know when you, um, you set your heart on something, it just doesn't end up like you'd expected. When I was at college, I... Um, was studying performance, and what I didn't realize when you study performance is it's not all performance. That there's actually a little bit of theory in there as well. And so I'd set my hearts on getting a really good grade. I'd managed to remember every name of the musical that we studied and all of the dates of when they were written. I didn't realize that what wasn't enough to get you an A, but I'd set my heart on getting a really good grade, and I opened up, maybe you've had that moment, none of you have. I opened up the envelope, and there was the certificate you. I was like, ooh. And my teacher came to me and she said, do you think you could do any better? And I was like, no. So I didn't do the retake for that exam, but I set my heart on doing so much better. This year, I'd set my heart on doing the Robin Hood half marathon. Only problem was I didn't train and I didn't sign up. So that's not... That's not going to happen. I might just run the last 100 meters with the guys and look really tired. 
I could do that quite well. But you know, I've set my heart on so many things and, and some of the things haven't been the right things. I've set my heart on many things that haven't ended up as I'd hoped. And the scripture we read is saying to us, yes, set your hearts, but, but what are you setting them on? At university, no doubt this year, there are going to be so many things vying for the attention of your heart. But our scripture says, since, that word's important, since, then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Since you have been raised with Christ. What are we talking about? Since you are a Christian, since you are a new creation, because you are a follower of Jesus and you have an entirely new life with him, set your hearts. It's in the context of that. It's saying to us, because you're here, because that's you, hey, this room full of people, because we're Jesus followers, set your hearts on things above. How do you make a difference when you haven't arrived? Number one, I want to say set your hearts and mind on things above. Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. What are we talking about here? Scripture saying that the, the things above, that heaven, that it has a culture. That there's a, that there's a way of doing things. There's a way of living. It's a different culture maybe to the world that's around us. And it's saying to us, set your hearts on that. Set your mind on that. Well, what does that, what does that look like? Well, we look at Jesus. We look at the life that he lived on the earth. He was living out heaven's culture. For us in this day and age, what does it look like to set your heart, set your mind on things above? I want to say looking at Jesus is a great place to start. Jesus said it in his words like this, Matthew 6 verse 33. He said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. Seek first, set your hearts, set your minds and the kingdom of God. What it's saying to us is, it's assuming that your mind and your heart might be somewhere else right now. It's recognizing that you've not made it, that you've not arrived yet, but that you're a Christian and you're on a journey. And it's saying, on the journey, how do we make a difference on the journey? Well, we set our hearts on our minds on things above, on heaven's perspective. Well, how do we do that? Well, well, the word is full of heaven's perspective. This, this book is full of the way that, that heaven sees things. So what I'm saying here today, how do we set our hearts, how do we set our minds on things above as Christians with all of this going on in our world? Well, it means that this has to become our filter from which we see. How we look at our work goes through the filter of the word. It means seeing our relationships through the filter of the word. It means, and this can be a challenging one for all of us, seeing our attitude go through the filter of the word. How do we set our hearts and our minds on heaven's perspective? How do we catch the Jesus culture? That's a good name. Someone should use that. 
How do we catch it? By opening this. You know, one of the things that the enemy just doesn't want us to do, just open this book. So one of the, one of the biggest battles that's going to go on in our university, behind the scenes that nobody's going to see this year, is whether we do or don't open this book. And I'm coming here as somebody who has struggled over the years to open this book. I'm coming here as the person, at times I've just been getting that tick on the Bible app. Let me just get my tick and we'll move on. And I'm not, here, I'm not allowing God to speak to me through his word. But would we be people committed this year? In the moments that we go and make that cup of tea, in the moment when we're on the bus, would we, would we fight the battle to open this book? And would we open our hearts? Don't go after the tick. Be 30 days behind on your Bible plan if the days that you are reading it, and when you are reading it, maybe you're not getting through the whole scripture, but if you will allow it to challenge and change your perspective, to teach you heaven's culture that you can set your heart and your mind on, maybe it's just one verse you manage a day. Read that verse and allow it to speak to you. Allow it to change you. Change your perspective. Set your hearts and your minds on things above. We don't need to have arrived, but we can do this on the process. Paul, writing the book that we're reading at the moment, he's also writing in Philippians 4 verse 8 when he says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. I love this scripture. It's so simple and it's a pattern that goes through Paul's teaching when he's trying to help us as Christians deal with sin. And what he's saying is what's going through your mind? What are you entertaining? And he's saying, finally, would you, would you think on these things? Would you think on what, what is good, what is right? It's a filter for us to put our lives through. We're sat there on the bus. What's going through our minds? What are we running through? Would we allow God to help us to think on these things? What's pure? What's right? I love this one. What's praiseworthy? I just had this picture of people just heading off to their lectures, just thinking about the friends that they might be sitting with this year, just thinking of what's praiseworthy in their lives that I can celebrate. What can I celebrate in somebody else. I genuinely believe the battle of sin, one of the challenges that we can face sometimes is we spend all of our time thinking about sin itself and then we're concerned, how am I still sinning? When the battle with sin is not fought by thinking about sin more. Paul writes and it goes through his teaching and if we had time we could go into other books that he's written. It's, it's a pattern that follows and he's saying, no, 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 don't spend your time thinking about that. Think about this. Think about this when you're on the bus. Think about this when you're laying in bed and you can't sleep at night. Think about this when you're making your breakfast. What's true? What's noble? What's right? What's pure? What's lovely? What's admirable? What's excellent? And what's praiseworthy? Our scripture then lists a few things that we may have set our hearts on that will hinder us. Sexual immorality. Impurity lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry, anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips, lying. It lists all of these things. How do you make a difference when you haven't arrived? Well, number two, take off the earthly nature. 
Take off the earthly nature. Colossians 3 verse 7 in our scripture said, you used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived. The scripture is so strong, it says, put to death these things. It's like, that's strong language. Put to death these things in your life. Rid yourselves of them. Take off these things, the, the things of your old life. I, this analogy helps me, so maybe it will help you. I'm not a huge fan of spiders. I'm, I'm doing better than I was, but I, my wife is the, in charge of spiders in the house. Um, I'm in charge of light bulbs. We all have our jobs. We all have our jobs. Some of them, are just, they're just different. And um, when I get a spider on me, there's something that now instinctively happens. Okay, it, it's actually less cool than that. That was bad, but there are normally some squeals in there as well, but, but, but I don't want you to judge me. So I get it off. I've I got to get rid of this thing. What the scripture is saying is there's some things that you need to learn to deal with like that. That when we see them in our lives, it's like, that's not me. No, get it off. Take it off. That The scripture talks about the earthly nature. Take off the earthly nature. Get this stuff off you. Some things that we need to, we need to take off. The scripture then says there's some things that we need to put on and clothe ourselves with. And this is where I want to focus. It says, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, forgiveness with love and with unity. How do you make a difference when you, when you haven't arrived? I want to say we need to put on the new. Number three, put on the new. You see, it's not just a case of we're just getting rid of something from our lives. It's not just the case of getting rid of anger from our lives. It's like, then what? What am I meant to clothe myself in? It's like, oh, no, no, no. The reason you've got to get rid of that stuff is because there's something else for you to wear. It's making space for what God does want you to wear. You see, from the, the moment we wake up in the morning to the moment we go to sleep at night, our lives, they're, they're adverts. They're adverts to, to the people around us. They're watching us. They're looking at what are we wearing. That moment when you, you're running late and someone bumps into you, they're looking at what are you wearing, the way that you speak about that person with those friends when nobody else is around. They're looking at what are you wearing. One of the things I wish wasn't the case is that our lives, they're adverts. They're adverts and they're selling something. They're selling something, but I wanted to ask us today, what are our lives selling? What, are, what do people see? What's the message when they look at you? What's the message when they look at me? I then start thinking about the words that are used in this scripture and anger and greed. And you know what? I can see them in my own life sometimes. I can see them in my own life and I'm like, people, that's a message that I'm speaking to people. I'm like, I don't want that. I want to rid myself of that stuff. I've not arrived yet, but I want people to see Jesus on the journey. And so I want to get rid of some stuff. And I see these things and I'm like, yeah, I want to be clothed in compassion. What's different about you? You know, I just feel like we're going to have some conversations this year where people are going to come up to you and just be like, what is it about you? You're just different. Have you ever heard that phrase? 
Maybe you haven't, but I'm believing that this year that, that we'd have some conversations like that. Why is it about you? And you're just like thinking, wow, some stuff that I got rid of this morning. I left angry, but I left bitter when I left the house, but brushed it off. I asked God to come and give me compassion and kindness. And then you meet people around you in your world and they're encountering something that's different. And they're thinking, what are you wearing that I'm not? Our lives are going to preach loud this year. But the question is, what is the message that they're preaching? Paul's saying, don't clothe yourselves with the old way, the mess, the sin. Clothe yourselves with love, humility, and compassion. What are you clothing yourself in? I want to tell us a story. I want to tell us a story of the, the two jackets. If you could just hold this for me. There was a story about a homeless man, a man whose life he never expected to end up where it was, a man who for 20 years had sat on the side of the road and lived without a home. In truth, when you looked at him, his very outfit told a thousand stories. The rips that told the story of the fights that he'd been in. The rips where he'd done the drugs that he wasn't proud of. Marks from where his drunken behavior had got him into situations he's not proud of. His very jacket, his very outfit told a thousand stories of the life that he lived. This homeless man sat there on the side of the road, just thought this is what he deserved. He'd made mistakes. This was his life. And he sat there that day like it was just any other day. But something crazy happened that day for this man. A stranger came up to him. A stranger came up to him and started talking to him. Now, he had people come up to him all the time, maybe just to give them the leftovers of what they had in their wallet or maybe to make a snide comment about the condition that this man was in. But this was different. The stranger that came up to him this time sat right next to him, started talking to him. And there was something about the warmth of the stranger that caused this homeless man just to start to talk about the stories of his life. Cause this homeless man to start open up about the worst of the worst, the things he'd never told anybody. But strange that as he told the stranger about all the things he'd done, the stranger didn't seem to bat an eyelid. He just sat there drawing in the dirt on the road. And after a while, after he'd poured out all of his pain and his sin and his mess, Stranger offered him a hand and said, come with me. Come with me. Come, come to my house. Listen, no, I know. Come to my house. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a beard trip. I'm going to give you a haircut. I'm going to trim your nails. I'm going to brush your teeth. And then 
but, but, but what about the dirt? What about the mess that's been ingrained in my skin for so many years? What about this? And the stranger says to him, don't worry about that. I've got a shower, and when you go in the shower, it's going gonna, it's gonna to wash it all away. It will be like it was never there. And the stranger and the homeless man start to walk together. And they walk to this house, and the homeless man's just looking at him like, what is going on? And tears roll down his face thinking, how could this happen to me? I don't deserve this. But when he arrived at the, the house of the stranger, it was just as he said. He received this incredible beard trim. He got this phenomenal haircut. His nails were trimmed and his teeth were brushed. And then the stranger said to him, and now it's time for you to have a shower. Just one thing. Just one thing. When you leave the shower, you'll see two jackets. You'll see two jackets. One of them's just your old jacket. Just don't worry about that. Just leave that. Leave that on the side. Because you'll see I've got a nice new jacket for you. And your new jacket is going to suit you perfectly. And the homeless man, he, he does just that. He goes into the shower and the water starts to run down him and he cannot believe it. He cannot believe it after the dirt that's been ingrained in him for so many years begins to wash off. And by a few moments, he looks at him and he is spotless. He's got his hair cut. His nails are done. It's as if he's like new. He can't believe it. He sees the mirror through the, the window of the shower and climbs out the shower and wipes the condensation off the mirror and looks at himself. Oh, wow. Wow. Spotless. What about all of the stuff that had happened? Spotless. And tears are rolling down his face. And as he looks in the mirror, the mirror reflects behind him two jackets. Two jackets, the jacket that's so comfortable and so normal, the jacket that he'd experienced for so long, full of the pain, but also feels comfortable. And then this new jacket, wow, I mean, for me, And he looks at the two jackets and he goes forwards and backwards. What, what shall I put on? What shall I wear? And in the moment, he picks up his old jacket. And he puts it on. He opens the door to the bathroom and he walks out spotless, wearing the jacket, wearing the old mess from his life. Maybe you've beaten me to the good bit, but what's this story all about? The homeless man, that's me and you. The homeless man is, is me and you in this story. We've messed up, we've made mistakes, and we're, we're covered in it. 
the stranger that's Jesus. He came and he met us in our mess and he washed away our sins. The old jacket represents the old way, the things that Paul says that we should get rid of. The new jacket represents what we're, we're to clothe ourselves in now. But wait, if I'm the homeless man, and that's me, and everything's been washed away, my mess, my shame, every last bit, and I am a new creation, I am brand new, why on earth would I clothe myself in the mess? And I just felt... When I was preparing to come and share with us today, I felt like I wanted to say this jacket does not suit you anymore. The, the ways of thinking, the bitterness, the anger, the jealousy doesn't suit you anymore. And sometimes we're walking around as new creations, raised to life with Christ, and we're wearing some things that we think suit us. But it's like, can't wear that anymore. There's something designed, tailor-made for you to wear that reflects what God has done in your life. And it's true that it's in the moments that we don't necessarily see it coming that sometimes we put this jacket on. It's not that we live with it on 24-7. It's, it's in the moments. Now, I wish that temptation came up to me and said to me, I'm coming for you. I'm going to take you down. It's going to hurt. I would be like, let's go. You know if it was like in your face like that? It's like, let's go. But the truth is, the experience in my life is it's not always like that. One minute I'm not wearing the jacket, the next minute I've slipped it on. How am I wearing this? How am I? What am I? That thought that I had about that person, I should never... And it's, ah, oh, but, no, maybe, maybe I can just, maybe I can think like that. Maybe I can. I find myself in church and I'm singing the words and I'm suddenly thinking about all the things that I've been wearing that I shouldn't have been wearing. But then I get out there and actually the service isn't there and Beth's not singing anymore. And we're out of that moment and before I know it, I'm wearing the jacket again. What do we do with this situation when we're wanting to influence the world around us? These people are about to come to our city. They're, they're arriving right now in their thousands. And we want our lives to preach to them. We want our lives to be a message to these people. But we're aware that there are some things that we're wearing that we should never have been wearing. Paul says, rid yourselves. There's something about it in our minds. I was just praying and believing that from this moment God could do something in our hearts that we have a revelation that that does not suit us anymore there are some things that just does not look good on you anymore there's something better would we would we rid ourselves and sometimes it's a fight sometimes it's a temptation to keep it on but would we rid ourselves and say you know what I'm not wearing that anymore it will not come back up to me stare me in the face and tell me it's coming for me again it will be in the subtleties of life that I realize just on a shoulder it's just in a subtle moment but would we like with that spider be people who go you know what 
something better for me to wear. There's something better that suits what God has done in my life. There's something of kindness. There's something of love. There's a jacket that's designed for me that suits what God has done in my life. Would we put on the new jacket? There are some things that this scripture says that we should put on. Maybe we're tempted by lust. But when you realize that you're wearing that jacket, would we take it off? Would we say, I I'm not going to wear that anymore. It does not suit me. Patience does. Love does. Maybe you feel in a moment, you feel jealousy. Wishing you could look like or be like somebody else. Would we throw it to the ground and say, this jacket does not belong to me anymore. I've been washed as white as snow. There's something better for me now. I'm chosen. I'm accepted. I'm loved. What are some of the jackets that we're wearing? What are some of the things that you can see in your everyday life? What are some of those things that actually feel quite normal because we've actually worn them for years, not realizing that it does not suit us? Some things that we can rid ourselves of, some things that we can throw down today. In this moment, Beth's going to start just playing for us and I'm going to land right here. But I just wanted to speak to some people and say, would we throw off some things this year? Some things that maybe riddled our lives last year, but this year, this year, you know what I'm going to say, this does not suit me anymore. Something better for me to wear. Do we clothe ourselves by the help of the Spirit with love, with grace, compassion? So many times in the ministry of Jesus, it says that he was motivated by compassion. Would we this year, as we go and reach out to the students around us, would we be people who are motivated, wearing compassion I believe that God is going to use us this year every single person in this room and we can make a difference when we haven't arrived I believe that there are going to be some moments and I want to say to us before it happens that the jacket that you're going to be wearing the things that you're going to be clothing yourself in this year are going to look different to other people if you have that feeling, that emotion to be like, but I don't fit in. My life does not fit in with all of this. I want to say that's awesome. That's great. That's amazing. It doesn't feel like it in the moment, but we're not called to fit in. There's a whole, there's thousands of people entering the city right now and they're wearing this. And you know what? They don't want to stop wearing it. Because they think this is what they deserve. They think this is the best for them. They think this is what they've got and that's it. But I see in front of me a room full of people who are going to rid themselves of this jacket this year. They're going to wear something brand new. They're going to wear something which speaks the love and grace of Jesus to the people around them. And as we let go of some things, we're going to have some, some conversations. Because you know what? Some people are wearing this jacket right now and it speaks of the fact that they're going to sleep around. And they're going to look at your jacket and say, but, but you, why aren't you going to sleep around? Why, why aren't you going to do that? And it could be so easy to point the finger back at them. It could be so easy to judge them for, for the jacket that they're wearing. And I just wanted to remind us as I come to land now that but for the grace of God, every single one of us would be wearing this jacket every moment of our day. We would not have an entirely new life that this jacket suits perfectly. 
And we're there not to point the finger at these people. We're there to, to remember what God has done in our lives. We're there to remember that he found us on the side of the road and he didn't judge us. And like the woman who caught, was caught in adultery, when he looked at us and we were telling him about the mistakes that we'd made, he just drew in the dirt. And like that homeless man, our lives have been washed. But for the grace of God, we would be exactly where they are. And so it's on us to look at them for who they could be. It's on us to look at them for who God has made them to be. It's on us to look past the mess of all the mistakes and see past all of that and see what God could do in and through their lives. It's on us not to look at them and walk past them as just another person sat on the side of the road. But like Jesus, would we come and would we sit? It's on me. It's on you to see in our friends, to see in the people who are joining the city right now. It's on us to see into them who God has made them to be. Don't apologize for the jacket that you wear. Just felt for somebody in this room today, maybe a few people, you could sometimes feel apologetic for the fact that you're not doing this. You're not wearing those things anymore and you could easily be apologetic and want to hide it. I want to say don't be apologetic because the jacket that you're wearing is a duplicate. It's a duplicate of Jesus's. And that's what we're called to do. The moment when that homeless man walked out, you know, he actually looked to the stranger. He looked to Jesus and realized that the jacket that he was wearing was the jacket that was hung back up in there. And that's what we're called to carry. And that's what we're called to reflect to the world around us. Oh, I'm believing this year for multitudes of people to come and encounter love and grace in Jesus. And that see you when we get to the end of the year. We just see piles and piles of jackets. Old jacket after old jacket after old jacket. And some of them are mine and some of them are yours and some of them are the people's out there. Would we be people this year who would believe that God could do something powerful? We've not arrived yet. We're on the journey. But would we believe that God could do something powerful through our lives on the journey? Would we pray? God, would you help us? God, we, we need help. God, this is a prayer of help. We come to you in this moment and we say, would you help us? Would you help us, Lord God, to set our hearts and our minds on things above? Would you help us to set them on the things that you're calling us to think on, Lord God? In the moments where we're having battles in our minds, Lord God, would you help us to set them on the things that you want us to think on. God, would you help us to, to take off in those moments the things that we shouldn't be carrying? God, even in this moment in the room right now, I pray, Lord God, for every single person. If you're here right now and you want to, you know there's a jacket in your life, there's a sin, there's something that you want to let go of. This is a moment just between you and God. I'm not going to get anyone to put their hand up or anything, but just in this moment, if that's you, just lay it down. Lay it down just before God in this moment in your heart. There's some things, God, in this moment we're taking off. There's some things, some bitterness, some anger, some lustful thoughts. Lord God, in this moment, we, we give it to you. We lay it at your feet. And God, we thank you that we can take up and clothe ourselves in something new, something that reflects you. In this moment, Lord God, would you help every single one of us as we're laying things down to clothe ourselves, Lord God, 
God, renew our minds in this moment, Lord God. Work on the inside of us, Lord God. Will you reflect the love and the grace that you've demonstrated towards us? And God, my prayer is, and the prayer of the people in this room is that our lives would preach louder than the words that we say. That this year, Lord God, our jackets would speak of your love and your goodness to the world around us. God, we pray for every single person entering the city in this moment who doesn't know you. Lord God, every single student, we bring them before you and we ask God, would you do something powerful in their lives? We say we're here, God, would you use us? Would you work through us, Lord God? In Jesus' name.